me a beer and grab him a coke We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes And please don't mix it up cause he done sobered up Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drink your buddy Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drink your buddy Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. Format of the show is I'm a sober alcoholic now. I like to talk about drinking stories, uh, reminisce about the old war days, have a good time. A lot of times it'll be by myself, um, but more often than not, I will have a guest. And today is no different. (laughs) I am joined by new comedian to the Jacksonville scene, Morgan Gallo. Hey. What's up, Morgan? <laughs> Not much. Did you have your uh, intro music? I really like the intro music. Yeah, yeah. It'll. I put that on in post. Oh, perfect. Shout Great. out to um, my co-host to my sports podcast, Cheers from the Press Box, Headphone Joe, no O, no E in the phone. Check out his album, TV. He is the designer and creator of the intro music. Amazing. Talented, brilliant, incredible, it's good, right? show-stopping. Yes. He um he actually listens to the show, and he was just like, I'm sick of you not having it's intro so music, good. and I'm a musician, so he did it. We were trying to get him to come to the show tomorrow, because he oh, lives yeah. in Georgia. Oh, okay, dope. But he lives in Atlanta, and he's like, I'm not driving four hours for you. Ooh, that's fun. I was fun. like, all right, I like, get Thanks, it. buddy. Yeah, Appreciate I, you, man. I totally understand. Anyway, Morgan, Hi. welcome into the program. Thank you. So, uh, Morgan, you are a comedian here in Jacksonville, Florida. Or no, you live in St. Augustine, excuse me. I do, yeah. Yeah, St. Augustine. You are an aspiring comedian in St. Augustine. That's got to be weird with the shutdowns. You haven't even really met any of the other St. Augustine comics, have you? No. um, I've met a few of the guys that kind of go back and forth between like Daytona and and Jax. um, Topher? Yeah, Topher, Nick, Nick, amazing guys. Um, I haven't done anything really in St. Augustine. I've done a few open mics that are kind of like really like music open mics, you know, and then they let you do a few jokes and ruin the show. But like, it's fun. (laughs) I mean, I like the guys and um, I'm mostly in, weirdly enough, I'm mostly in like Jack's Daytona, Orlando, Gainesville, like never in St. Augustine, which is a bummer, but. Yeah, well, they're, um, I know Aaron, um, Aaron Eads, Nick DiStefano and Courtney Olson are going to start Paper Root again, which yeah. is the best show in town. That'll be in St. Augustine at yes. Paper Root Clothing Company, January 12th. That's a Tuesday. Um, everybody come out to that. That starts at 8 o'clock. I'm going to that show. I'm, I, I'm not on that show, but I'm definitely Yeah, I'll be going, going to support for sure. Yeah, sure. it's that show is so much fun. I got all my best uh, clips from the Paper Root show that I did there. Nice. So let's, um, let's just because I don't know you that well, and I know the listeners don't know you that well. <laughs> Um, we're going to get into some of your uh, drinking stories. You did send me uh, quite the list, two stories. Mm-hmm. Which is, I know, because I'm just so wild. It's extensive. <laughs> but I did want to ask you, um, I kind of, I think, I find your story very interesting because you started doing stand-up kind of in the midst of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which I think is crazy, but you've been getting a lot of work. Um, very, I'm very lucky. Uh, I just think you're persistent. I mean, you just ask. Yeah, I do just ask. Yeah, I mean, you can't like you can't say you want something and then not go after it is kind of the way I see the world. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I um, I I remember we were talking outside of the CBD cafe 
Wednesday shout nights, out. 9 yep, o'clock, CBD and Cava Bar off Old St. Augustine Road in uh, Jacksonville. But I remember it was me, you, and Marcus, and it was, I think it was the first time I ever met you. Yeah, probably. And you were like, yeah, I'm doing this show and that show, and I was giving you shit because I'm the one who normally goes to Gainesville with Marcus, and then you were doing that show. And then you turned to me and you go, you know, you really just got to put yourself out there and ask. And I wanted to punch you in the dick. <laughs> I'm like this little fresh. I'm like, you know what, Brennan? I wanted to be like, you know, I've been doing this do. 10 years, right? <laughs> Dude, no, I just, um, I think it's like, I think it's a good reminder, though. Like, I, I think, you know, like I used to be a dancer and people like people would come into the dance scene in Colorado and remind me like sometimes you just have to love it like well, it doesn't it's not always a competition it's just enjoying yourself and having fun yeah well and that's that's the interesting thing is that and that's actually kind of the point I wanted to make is over time it's easy to kind of get jaded and I know I mm. mean I know the listeners know the story about I started doing comedy when I was 22 in South Florida and then with my drinking and drug addiction and everything it kind of went off the rails and my comedy was terrible and then I would barely do it. And then when I came back in about three years ago, it was basically like starting over. Like I oh, still yeah. had, I still had some material and stuff, but it's, you know, it's like dance for you. Like, you know, if you take a break long enough, it's like, oh, I don't. Oh, of course. And like sports, you know, for anybody who's ever played sports in your life, it's like. Have you played sports? Yeah. I actually you never played, talk about it. I played college football. Oh, it's, really? Oh, is that why the jersey's hanging up on the yeah, fucking right closet? In the, in the studio. <laughs> I got to get a frame for it. Oh um, my god! But uh, but it's the same thing. Anybody who's ever, even if you played sports in high school, you'll watch the NFL and be like, "Man, I could do that." It's like, no, you can't. No, yeah, like, yeah. Especially after you stop playing for a while, you probably couldn't even catch a ball thrown by like a quarter, a real quarterback. Hell no, so, no. It's um, but it's just it's refreshing to have someone who's brand new came into it in the middle of the pandemic, so the pecking order's all fucked up. Mm. Because you know a lot of a lot of the comics that I know aren't even doing shows. You know, yeah. there's, there's certain comics that are doing like one show a month. Um, and these are regular touring comedians, some of which I've had on the podcast and stuff. But, you know, there's names we bring up to you outside of certain shows. And you're just kind of like, who? Yeah. And that's, a, you know, it bums me out because I I learn by watching and doing. So, like, if I don't have a show one night, which is like I don't do shows all the time. Like I've just I just went on this kind of one month long run where it seemed like almost every weekend I had like one or two going on yeah. but like I will go and watch someone because sometimes just sitting in the audience and soaking it up feels so good and being like this is what I want to do and watching someone kill it I learn so much more just by like watching Crespo to me yeah. is like my favorite because he doesn't there's to to me there's no like oh I'm like oh, I'm gonna oh I'm so nervous like I gotta write out my he's just like nah I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this shit yeah every time well, and he's, yeah, I mean, the listeners know Marcus. We've had him on a few times. He, yeah. uh, I love Marcus. Marcus, um, I've said this before, but Marcus, Brian Ziola, Christina Shriver, and Chris Buck, when I first came back into comedy, I had known Buck, Marcus. I had known Buck and Marcus from before because mm -hmm. I had done comedy in Jacksonville before I had fallen off the rails real bad. And so I knew them, and they kind of, like, welcomed me back, Marcus more than anybody. Yeah. And then it, and then uh, Christina, I had gotten introduced to when I first came back, and she was the her and Brian were the first ones to start booking me on shows. Oh, awesome! And it was very much like, oh no, like, like he's done it, like we, you know, it, I had to knock the rust off, but they, of they, tr they trusted me, and that that meant more to me than anything else. But it's just it's interesting to to sit with you and talk outside of shows and stuff because it's very much like, oh, you don't know Buck, you don't I know, know Ziola, you don't sad. know Christina, and it's. 
And it's so weird because Marcus is the link to all of that. But at the same time, it's like you only know Marcus as far as Mm -hmm. the comics who have been doing it for a long time. Um, Because I don't include myself in that category. But it's just it's so refreshing and crazy at the same time when you're like, oh, yeah, you just got to ask. Because you get to a point sometimes where you're just like, no, I I don't want to ask or I shouldn't have to ask. Totally. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then to meet you and to talk to you about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, wait. That is all I have to do is ask. Yeah. And it is like, it's one of those things where like, first of all, Brian Ziola is a fucking monster and I love him. And I watched him once at Eclipse and I was like, oh my God, I hope I get to work with this guy like once in my entire life. I would be satisfied. And Christina Shriver is one of those people that like, I follow her on Twitter. Like I know who she, I know who she is, but she's probably like, who is this moppy headed little girl walking around (laughs) trying to do comedy? You know, but I, I love like, hearing about those people because I'm just like an anticipation of meeting them so yeah. excited but well cuz you've met Daisy haven't you No and oh, she's another one that yeah. people talk you know what I mean it's it's yeah, so funny cuz it's like yeah like I know she was on your podcast yep. and there's so many people that I'm like funniest in the 904 she just won that Oh Boy my god magazines. amazing yeah, yeah. amazing like there's so many cool people out there and I, that's like something that I always worry about is you know you mentioned the pecking order as someone who's so new, I never, ever want to be one of those people that's like, oh, like, why is she getting these opportunities? Yeah. Why is she? And it's like, well, I'm just being I'm just emailing people. I'm just yeah. submitting tapes. Well, and that's like, the thing is full disclosure. Like it, it's bizarre because, you know, I mean, and the listeners know because I talk about this all the fucking time. But I had gotten to the point in Jacksonville where I wanted to expand and Savannah, my girlfriend, loves New York City, always wanted to move mm-hmm. there. We get in our, we've gotten into an argument on this podcast about whose idea it was <laughs> to move up there. So that's the thing that's it's frustrating because you see how much work gets done mm-hmm. just sitting outside of a show. Absolutely. I literally told you when I first met you like two months ago or a month ago, I was like, man, I was so worried about booking stuff in um, October that I didn't think to book like – November, December, January. No, excuse me. I was like, I was so worried about booking stuff in November. I didn't book December and January. And that's when you said like, oh, well, you just got to, you know, reach out to people. And and then that's when I was like, I'm going to fucking kill this person. (laughs) Which like rightfully so. Like, who am I to be saying that? No, but it's it's true. But that's the thing is like, so then fast forward two or three weeks, just hanging out outside of different shows that I have been on or that I went to go see somebody on. Because I'm a student of comedy, like you're saying. Like mm-hmm. I, I love to watch comedy before anything else. Um, and all of a sudden, I have now like 12 shows in yeah, the next like four and weeks. Awesome, and it's dude. like, but it's just like you're saying. It's like you just have to be available. And that's why we, we I, I personally for comedy was so excited to move to New York because I was oh, like, oh yeah, I went up Mecca. there. I well, and I we went up there for a trip, and just in the four nights we were there, we spent every night at either the stand or the cellar. And you just get to talking to people outside, mm-hmm. but they're not, they're not regular people. Yeah. You're not yeah. like, I love, you know, Marcus and Buck and all those guys. But like when you, when you think about it, it's like that scale, but times a million when you're mm-hmm. talking to like Tom Rhodes and David Tell and oh, stuff. Absolutely. And it's like, it's, and, and, but that's just what you do. Cause you're outside, you're smoking a cigarette and they're smoking and it's like, Hey man, I really like your stuff. And then yeah. you just get to talking. And so that's why I was so excited because I see what can happen with just like what you've proven to all of us in the middle of a pandemic is that all, you have <laughs> all to, of us meaning like you and Crespo. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, 
as far as this podcast is concerned, that is all of us. But you've proven <laughs> that whole thing where it's like, oh, yeah, if you can just talk to people like. Yeah. A lot of times they'll give you a shot. And if you bl- fuck it up, you fuck it up. And then oh, you oh, don't get yeah. another shot. Yeah. But at least a lot of times people will give you a shot, especially if you have someone like Crespo who can vouch for you, which has been awesome oh, for you. Absolutely. Because you're just all of a sudden, I you know, because I follow you on social media all of a sudden. It's just like, I got a show here. I got a show there. And I was like, what is well, happening? And, and, you know, like I, I will say like there's um, I think about this a lot because there are so many people that I've met that are so talented. And I'm always like, what is the harm in emailing a guy and saying hey dude I got a type five you know here's my YouTube link I'm really looking to bring some energy to a guest spot would love to work with you please let me know like you know what I mean and and because the worst that they're gonna do is you know read it and ignore you say no or never read it and then you reach out again and for me there's there's been a lot of times when like it can be easier to get on a showcase that then gets you on something else because someone else saw you. Yeah, like, that's, and that's what it's... You know what I mean? Yeah, like I've gotten on shows that were... Or showcases, I should say, that, you know, some random person... Like I showed up to a show and he was like, hey, do you want to do five since you're here? And I was like, woefully underprepared. Yeah. Got up, killed it, which should not have happened in Daytona. And then a guy who runs a room in Orlando was like, yeah, like I'll give you a spot. Like because he had seen me randomly at a show that I wasn't even supposed to be on, but I showed up because I wanted to watch. Yeah. And it's like, you just got to do that. Like, you just got to do the drive, pay for the gas, support people, and get over your own self, which is tough. Yeah, and that's... Well, and that's the thing, too, is because... I love comedy so much. I like to just go, like you said, I like to just go to shows. Right. And then a lot of times, uh, like if you know someone on the show or if somebody's there, they'll be like, hey, do you want to get up too? And you're like, oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing too is that the difference between what you and I are talking about, because that's something you and I both do. Um, I'm a little more jaded about it now, just, you know, as long as I've been doing it. But I, I still do it because I love comedy. Yeah. Um, And the difference between that and then people who are like, you know, no, I'm not going to do shows unless people call me or book me or I'm not going to go out like and I get it, especially right now in the middle of a pandemic. I totally understand mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. It's it's this weird thing. And I talked to Stephen Baker about it on this podcast where, comedy- Who, by the way, hilarious, amazing. Love him. Like incredible, like you know, if you say that about person, everyone we bring no, up, no, I then just you're like there's be, so then many it loses its value. Oh, there's so many good people here, and no, I just Baker, like Baker's oh my hilarious. god, Baker. I, I have a lot of people on that I love on this podcast, but Baker was the one because he's just you never see it coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he just talks. Yeah, he just talks. It, it he kills me because you'll just he'll say it with like the same tone and inflection as he's talking because you know. Me and Marcus are both very high energy people, and you, especially to an extent, are a very high energy person. So, like, you can see it coming because we're right. we'll be like, ah, yeah, which is, oh, God, we work give on it that. away. We're yeah. like, oh my God. But Baker would just be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. And then we had sex in this abandoned hotel. And yeah, that was the night. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. What happened? Exactly. Um, so, he kills me when he's on the show, but he made a really good point. And I, I've been repeating it ever since he made it, but he said, comedy's like karaoke. Mm where there's people who go and take it very seriously and think they're going to get discovered and they know every word to every song and they, they take it. It's like a job for them. Mm-hmm. Like People would call it a hobby, but for them it's a job. And then there's people who like to go to the bar, get drunk, and read the lyrics off the prompter and just have a good time with their friends. Right. Exactly. And I never thought of it that way until he brought that up. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm very much of the former versus the latter. I'm very much... 
no, we're like, this is serious. Like this is, there mm-hmm. is no plan B. Like this is life. Yeah. And so when people like, I would get so frustrated when people would be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not doing anything this month, maybe next month. And I'm like, but that's not how this works. <laughs> how dare you? But, like, how dare you? And now with, you know, being in the midst of a pandemic, it's different. Obviously my view on that has changed because there are people who are, you know, risks and Mm -hmm. they live with family members and Mm -hmm. stuff. So I get that. But what I'm talking about is before all this, like people would just be like, yeah, I'll do a show here and there. And then it's like, yeah, but that's not like you said earlier, like that's not comedy. That's, you know, that's something else. That's like, yeah, I don't know. And I like full, like, I mean, full disclosure, obviously no idea what I'm even doing. I just, none of us do. I'm just, yeah. Like I'm just in it because it's fun and because it's, Something that I feel in my heart is like what I'm supposed to do. And how weird is it to think that I don't even know what it's like to do comedy outside of a global pandemic? Yeah, that's and that's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. like I have no idea what it's like to go to Rain Dogs on a Monday night. Yeah, I have no idea like what people do in you know what I mean, like on weekends. Like, like I've never, I've never performed for a room that was like packed shoulder to shoulder people. It's always six feet apart, masks, all this stuff. Yeah. And it's so it's so crazy. Well, it definitely changes the vibe um, mm-hmm. when it's like that. And I because I've done those shows. Um, I actually got an email from a listener. Shout out, Lindsay. What's up? Um, I had on one of the shows. <laughs> you got I it, mes- Lindsay. I mentioned how I uh, have this email that I pay for, but nobody ever emails me because they just direct message me on stuff. Oh. So she sent me an email. And then in the subject line, it said, this podcast is offensive. And I. I was, oh, it was like irresponsible Lindsay. and offensive or something like that. And I, I was like, are you fucking kidding she me? Probably, she probably spells her name like L-I-N-Z-E-E. No, not at all. But I opened it and she was like, <laughs> just kidding. I just wanted to get your attention. And then. Amazing. But she wrote a really nice email and she had mentioned that she had gone to, she was a regular at Rain Dogs in the audience and loved to watch the comedy and stuff. And it's really cool that she, you know, is listening now to me talking to a lot so of local cool. comics. But it's just that environment of Rain Dogs is. It's bizarre because like when I did a show there once, um, I was doing a show. They had Daniel Van Kirk in town. Hmm. And I remember I invited everybody. This was like six months after I came back. So I was still like, okay, this is like the first show. Yeah. And I invited everybody I knew, called in every favor, did that whole thing. Like if I've ever covered a shift for you or closed for you. You better come out. You better fucking be there. And I ended up, room only holds like, 40 or 50 sitting like 60 or 70 standing and i remember we had people like crammed in there obviously this is pre-pandemic everybody yes this is march of like 2018 um or 19 18 but uh we were packed and everyone came out to see me and just what you're describing like i when i went to get up when brian called me up to the stage Uh the stage was shaking Oh my there was, god! Like, there's not a ton of people, but it's so packed in. Yeah, and it's an old, you know, low ceilings, everything. And I'll never forget that was the moment where I, because I loved comedy and I've always done comedy, but like I said in the past, my comedy was garbage because mm-hmm. I was drunk all the time, like mm-hmm. it was shit. Um, and I had done well, but I had never like crushed. Like when they talk about crushing, oh, like you hear yeah, other comics yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about absolutely destroying a room, and I had never done that up to that point. Like I said, I've had good sets, but never like, and I, like most comedians, I'm my biggest critic. Like I, if like I, if I didn't destroy, then I'm like, that was fucking yeah. bombed. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's no in between. Yeah, at all. <laughs> but, uh, 
I remember I got up there and it was shaking and I like couldn't catch my breath. Like I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And it didn't matter. It, it felt like I, and I had this set rehearsed, like I had the set down. Mm-hmm. So I, like we've talked about before, I wasn't even thinking about the set because mm-hmm. I just had it. Oh so yeah. Was it was just in your it. subconscious. You were yeah. just talking. And I was just doing the set and it's, it seemed like I couldn't do anything wrong. It seemed like everything I said, oh, even if God. I fucked up, like, like, like it's just yelling it's just like and roaring cla- yeah. rolling laughter yeah. and I remember when I said goodbye the stage was shaking even more when I went to get off oh and my I God. like almost cried and I was like I would cry I was like that's like that was the turning point for me because I've always wanted to move to New York and I've always pursued comedy but that was the turning point where I was like oh I could do I this is this isn't just a pipe dream anymore like this is something oh, I could yeah. do because that's the whole thing with comedy is and most anything that has to do with the arts is you could be as good as you want in your head, but if you don't get that validation from the outside, then it's just in your head. Mm-hmm. So when I came off that stage, I was like, oh, even though these are my friends, a lot of people here, even though a lot of these people have heard these jokes before, that wasn't artificial what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that was real laughter and real right those are real reactions real yeah. human emotions and it's so crazy to me because you have never been in a room where that could happen no with all the restrictions and all no. the precautions and everything Mm-mm. which has got to be i mean i guess it's like hey do you miss italy no i've never been there okay well then i you have know been I mean. to italy but, but that's cool <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dick um but uh but you know what i'm saying yeah like, yeah 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 but it's so. What is that like? Like for you, have you do you just not because you've never seen like a packed room with three hundred people? Like, I mean, obviously you've been to shows and mm-hmm. concerts and stuff before the mm-hmm. pandemic, but it's definitely a different thing being on the other side of the microphone. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um, I think there's a level of. Well, I'd certainly get a lot of joy out of it. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy myself. But um, I think, like, just being in a room with any people at this point for me is really fun. Like, I've done mics where, you know, it's me and four old dudes at an Irish pub in St. Augustine. And, And those nights, Brennan, have been some of the nights where... Like I make money in random tips that people off the street hear me and they're like, that was a good joke. Here's a $20 bill. What? Yeah. Like that doesn't just like that doesn't happen. That's not supposed to happen. And then I remember like when I was a pretty girl. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's nice. Thanks for that. <laughs> if anyone wants to know, I'm kidding. I'm just sitting here in lingerie. That's what's happening. No, but it's, it's interesting because it's like those nights sometimes build the most character. And oh, I, sure. I think, yeah, like not I sometimes all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, what, like, come on. Like, I don't know. I'm stuttering. But I think mostly when this, you know, whatever this happens, whatever happens out I mean it seems like the pandemic's never going to end I don't know if there's ever going to be a point where it's like okay masks off like you know run into a field like run into this crowded room like I feel like people who have went through the pandemic and really pushed through comedy and even any art form you know what I mean like singing like anything and they push through it they will come out stronger because they'll be like yeah remember that time that I made 
these three old women laugh at trade winds in St. Augustine for 10 minutes. And then I got off the stage and I still thought I bombed, but now I'm doing rooms of 50 people and I'm like, Oh wow, this is a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like it's so different. Well, yeah. And that's, it's, it's so bananas that cause like when I look at a room now, like I've done, I've done those shit. I've been doing these shit gigs for a long time. Not Mm -hmm. to say that the gigs that I do now are shit, but what I'm saying is like, when I first started comedy in South Florida, it's incredibly difficult because those, you know, people move to South Florida to pursue comedy. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, you know, there was a lot of open mics, but there's a lot of people signing up. There's a lot of people yep, there. A lot of bump lists. Yeah. And um, I met some really awesome people through that. Um, and it was it was really cool to be down there. Uh, but it's just one of those weird things where it's like. uh like then you like you come up here to Jacksonville or to St. Augustine or Daytona or I even moved to Oklahoma City for a little while where I was living with my cousin mm. who um, was doing comedy out there. And it's just weird, though, because like a lot of people don't understand like those when you especially when you first start out, like I said, and when I was in South Florida, five years in when I was in Oklahoma, now 10 years in in Jacksonville, I'm still doing rooms that are, you know, in a bar somewhere yeah. for three people. And like you said, those build character because not every night is going to be that rain dogs experience. Not every night is mm-hmm. going to be obviously take the pandemic out of it. I, I keep saying that cause I don't want someone to be like, it's a global pandemic and you're talking about oh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but like take that out of it. But it's like, not every night is. Oh no. Packed houses That's I think and, the hardest lesson to learn. Yeah. I think because like, you have to be willing and this is not an original thought by any means and i like i feel like i have to like say like i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just on a podcast yeah. with a guy i met a month ago but like i think in general people think that doing comedy means that you're like <laughs> stop fucking laughing at me brennan <laughs> like i think in general people think like oh like you do comedy like you're going out and you're doing like these big like they imagine like yeah. the comedy seller and you're like what like i literally like scraped the floor with the amount of laughter I got last night. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, I hate that there's so many people in my position who are, you know, months in a year in two years in, and they feel so discouraged by that because I'm like, dude, like this is what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the hard thing to explain to people. And it's one of those things that, um, cause we've talked about this. It's, it's weird to do the show. Because you, Marcus, and I have talked after the mm-hmm. Wednesday show so much, and we've already talked about a lot of this stuff. Oh yeah! But I think it's interesting to rehash. Um, and I know I've gotten emails from people before that are like, "Oh, it's all about comedy." I know. Where I was going to say, well, do you, want to, "You want me to talk about getting drunk?" <laughs> yeah, we will. We've got. We still have a while. Um, Perfect. And also, th- I'm doing a podcast because this is something that I would want to listen to. Yeah. This so is if you Brennan's don't want to listen to it, fucking podcast, y'all. Um. No, Lindsay, shout out. Love you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love all all of you who listen. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review. You're the best. Five stars. Thank you. Um, but that's the heart. That's the thing that we've talked about at nauseum is what separates people who do this as a hobby. To go back to the Stephen Baker analogy, the karaoke analogy. Mm-hmm. What separates people from doing this like every once in a while with their buddies when they're drunk, and what separates people who are actually pursuing it as a passion? That's just like what you're talking about. It's those rooms. Mm-hmm. Like I and I've talked about this. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show or not, but I did a show a few months ago and it was a a bigger show. And there were people on it that um, I know do comedy 
are comics do comedy. That's kind of a, a line in the sand for me. If yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. But um, I was talking to one of the guys and he was just kind of like, oh, I've never seen you before. And I had mentioned where I do shows at, how I, you know, just came back from Dayton. I've got shows coming up in Georgia and da 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 da. And we were talking about comedy. And then he had explained that, like, he's a full time paid comedian. Like, this is what he does oh, for, for so his cool. job. Yeah. But then I had mentioned a couple places where I did shows, and I'm trying to be very vague with this. I'll tell you off mic who it was, but um, <laughs> I had uh, I've always wanted to say that. I've, <laughs> I'll uh, tell you off mic. Yeah. Backstage pass. But I uh, told him where I do shows, and he was just like, "Yeah, I've I've done a couple of shows there, but you know, that's not really my scene. That's not really my room. You know, my kind of room. Mm. So I just don't. I don't. I don't even go there anymore. And in my brain, I immediately was like, "What?" It didn't compute to me. It's like, no, you, you go up where you go up. Like, you go up when yeah. you can go up. Like, that's, you- that's like the one thing that I have always, from every vet comedian, they have said that to me. They're like, you get stage time wherever you get fucking stage time. Yeah. And like, that's that, for me, still was a weird lesson to learn because I'm like, well... I don't want to like go because when I started, I was a very blue comic and I still feel like there are nights when I'm like, oh, I'm doing a lot of blue shit tonight. Like I should probably not do so many vulgar, vulgar jokes. But yeah, for those of you listening, blue is like vulgar, low hanging Let me just straighten my tie over here. I know I have Um, so many comedy It's almost like a cheat code kind of a thing. It's like, you know, you think of some like, come on, let's get some real material going. Right. Anyone can make dick jokes like anyone. And especially as a woman. I honestly was almost halfway doing a character because that's like people make fun of me that I'm very pretentious when it comes to joke writing. Oh, my God. But yeah, no, you're right. Anyway, continue. So you're doing a lot of dick jokes because you're you're a clam and you don't have any real material. I'm a clam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm part of the clam jam. And like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I hate that, that we came up with that. That is an inside joke and not <laughs> in any way. Well, it is demeaning, but that's why it's an inside joke. Don't. Demean women. Do it. Do not <laughs> We deserve women. it. No, don't do that. But I think it, like when I f- was first starting out, it's, it's so much blue material. And I'm like, well, do I really want to do that in front of you know, older people, people my parents' age. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to really realize as a performer, okay, who do I want to be and what am I going to do? Because I think... I think it's so crazy, like you said, when people ask, like, oh, what's that room like? And you're like, oh, you know, maybe there's some weeks it's this way, some weeks it's this way. And they're like, what kind of crowd is it? And I'm like, oh, you know, and but they're really digging for what kind of jokes should I do? Yeah. And that's totally fine. It's, you know, you should know your audience. It's it's even on a more of a service level where they're like, is it older? Is it black? Right. Is it white? Oh, is absolutely. it men? Is it women? And it's so it's the same thing to what you're talking about, but it's very much like, dude, just read the room. Like, get right. there and read it. Yeah. Like, and it's that, stage and time. That's like, like, the a, fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's a skill that it's really a muscle. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. have to you have to practice it because I can't tell you how many times like you know, in the four and a half short months that I've been doing it, you know, that you realize like, oh, this is not the, like, I should probably not call Florida white trash when I'm in Daytona. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get shot after this. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, you yeah, I grew up to, in Daytona. I, I, oh I know exactly my what you God. mean. Yeah. But it's, it's funny too, because, uh, it's just, it, like I say that, but I'm always, uh, people listening know I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world because there are shows that I've done just like how people will give you an opportunity. They give you the chance. Mm -hmm. And if you fuck it up, they won't invite you back. I feel that way towards some rooms where people, where I've heard bad things about rooms like, Oh yeah. Like it's, it's, it's such like, you can't 
play to the whole room because it's such a mix of people like Mm. there's tourists and then there's retirees and then there's people who don't really speak English and there's this and there's that. Um, And I've been like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go up where I can go up. And I've gone and I've done okay at those shows. But I've I've left like that was a like Marcus says it's all like that was a lot of work like this job yeah. is supposed to be fun, but that was a that oh was, yeah that was work oh yeah and I and so there are some rooms that I feel that way about but that's because I'm a hypocrite like sometimes I'm like <laughs> you know what I mean though it's yeah. like oh if I can't get a good beat on this then I'm not but it, it's all bullshit because I say that but if someone texted me right now and said hey do you want to do that room again I'd oh, be like absolutely. fuck yeah. Like you leave saying I'm never doing this room again, but yeah. then you do it again. And that's yeah. what separates people who do comedy from comedians, in my opinion. That's yeah. one of the many things that yeah. separates those things. That's why that's why I specifically when people ask me and I corrected you at the beginning when you started recording was I'm not a comedian. I'm an aspiring comedian Yeah, because I respect people like. Crespo like Buck who I've never met and like like people who I know have been really working it for years and like those to me are like comics those guys are comedians like I'm just you know little old Sally coming off the street saying hey can I get on this mic for five minutes you know and just trying something out so it's kind of like there's there's this really weird like line that you cross when you start to do that and when you start to like go to a mic every single night join a writing club, do writing sessions. Like I know that someone is serious about comedy when they write and they tell you about how much they write or they mention like, Oh yeah, I was writing this the other day. And you're like, okay. So you normally like you regularly work on your stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. Cause a lot of times you see it where, like, I don't know if the listeners understand this or not. I'm sure most of them do because most of them like comedy. That's why they listen or they're my family. I hope so. <laughs> or they're my family members. Oh, I I know at least two people who are going to be like, hey, man, that whole first half was just comedy. We, we told you about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm talking, Sorry, to you, I'm talking to you, Matt. Um, Sorry, Matt. But, um, but there are some people that just have like 10 or 15 like solid like killer minutes. Mm-hmm. like murder oh yeah um but that's what they have mm-hmm. and they don't really write because they've got this feature set that murders so they don't mm-hmm. really feel like they need to write because they can get booked on that set anywhere because it's it's new to those people mm-hmm. and so i always think that's bizarre because i remember when whenever i go to see comedy and it's different in the local scene because i'm friends with so many yeah of these you people. know people personally yeah and i i love like you know marcus is like a brother to me like i'd take a bullet for that guy to, mm-hmm. tonight if i had to but it's weird because so like i like we were sitting outside the show last week and he was like how did that joke go again of mine and i boom i was yeah, right that there was funny. i was like this that is exactly awesome, how though. it goes um but um but I've gone to when I've gone to sets like out of state and stuff like in New York and uh, Nashville and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I love this comic. I'm going to go to all three shows. Mm-hmm. But then they do the same set because that's the set they're working. That's oh, the absolutely. hour they're working. Yeah, and that's how it is. Yeah, and that's just how it works. And I remember when I f- first – not even – before I even did comedy, when I first go- started going to watch comedy, that never registered to me. Like yeah. I was just like, wait a second. It's just this one hour? So it doesn't matter how many times I come back. It's just this same hour. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? And like it's... when you first start, like there's um there's another podcast I listen to, shameless plug, they're called Breaking Down Bits. And it's literally a podcast like by comedians, for comedians, and they interview 
comics that have specials or shows or they take a part of their bit and they literally break it down. And I remember this one guy said that like, Sometimes people, when their friends become a becomes a comedian or comes to see their show, they're like, "Oh, you said that last week," and you're like, "Yeah, and I'm gonna do it again the, the week after." Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it works, and they're like, "Oh, this is fake," yeah. but it's not. Like it's it. You know, it might be fake in the sense that, like, oh, you tell the same thing and you might tweak a few words, but that's what's so funny about comedy. And I didn't realize that when I got into it. Like, I did my first open mic, had a good five minutes, and then I wrote an entire new five minutes the next week and it bombed and yeah. i was like wait a minute this isn't how this is supposed <laughs> like, wait, to go i'm supposed to be adding five minutes every week like yeah, no well, if it worked yeah, like that i have die. hours and hours yeah and exactly hours. you're lucky if you get like a minute every week solid like yeah. a, a solid minute well and that's why i record every set that i do i know you do yeah. as well because there have been times where i've done a set and it's gone so well you kind of almost like like will ferrell and um old school i don't know if you've ever seen that because you're very young but i am very young i'm 16 but uh <laughs> don't no she's not no she's not don't <laughs> no, say you're that. right i'm 18 don't say that okay that's <laughs> if you're gonna say it into a microphone just make sure it's but um i'm here against my will please <laughs> help where's your girlfriend savannah <laughs> this is all getting edited out um that is not true savannah is home everything is fine and she's very pretty Yes. And your dogs is. are very cute. Thank you. But um back to the point. <laughs> Comedy. There's that no, this is the last thing we'll mention. But there's that scene in old school where Will Ferrell does the debate and he goes, I blacked out what happened. And I've had sets like that where it's just going and you're just clicking mm, and you're yeah. just you know, you're riffing with the audience and stuff. And and I you and I I've told you this before, but like I've got some of my material, like I said, so down that it's just in the back of my head. So I can literally focus and almost have a conversation with an audience member while I'm right. doing my set. And they don't even know that they, you know what you're going to say. Yeah, next. exactly. And yeah. they think it's all off the cuff. Right. Um, and so that's why I record every set now because sometimes, and Savannah was really good about pointing this out um, when she would come to show, she goes, you pull the mic away and you'll have a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. But for the people who hear it, that's the funniest part. Like right. that's the best. She's like, just keep the mic to your fucking face and say it into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually the point. Yeah. Because some, well, sometimes I get like, as I'm like putting like, because you know I move a lot on stage, so as I, yes, I'm pulling the mic away from my face, I'll say something that just I think of in the moment. Right, and it's a tag, and, and it's, you're like, it's that's a new the most tag. brilliant yeah. tag ever. But there's only like the front row heard it, yeah. And so they all laugh, and yeah. so that's why I record every set now is because. Like you said, like a lot of it is scripted. We know what we're going to say, but some of it is brand new. Some of it comes right off the cuff. So it's very, in my opinion, it's very important to record every set. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't listen back to it, even if you're like, oh, I bombed. I know everything I did wrong. Like, fuck it. You've seen my cringe moments. I'm never going to listen to this recording, but I always You literally save it in your phone under do not listen. Yeah, I know. Because, well, I still listen to it, but it was Yeah, you still got to. I just shed a tear. All right. Now. You did send me some stories. We'll get into the real meat and potatoes because yeah. I know, like I said, Matt's out there listening right now in his car like, what They're the like, fuck, Morgan's man? not even funny. What the fuck? It's all comedy Ugh, again. This fucking clam. Ugh, if I wanted to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I got to listen to the clam jam again. Um, all right. So this is this is an interesting story. I wanted to start with this one first, which okay. was um, the first one you sent me, actually. But I have a whole thing that I do about being raised by the cool mom. Mm. Um, I'm sure that's a premise that's been beaten into the ground. Uh, of course, mine is unique to my experience. Right. Um, so when you sent me this story about the first time you ever got blackout drunk with your mom at 16, yes. I was very interested because 
like I said, I, I did have the cool mom who was very much like, you, you know, I say it in a joke, but it's true. She did come to visit me at FAU and just ran the beer pong table mm-hmm. for like four hours, mm-hmm. which saying it as like talking to you, it's almost like, wow, that's like I say, you've heard it a million times because I, I do it in my set. But it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's not. Like, that's not an onstage, like, tweak. Like, that's right. what happens. Yeah, that's, like, my life. And then the RA was banging on the door, and I had to fucking sneak her out the back. And I was like, what? You're like, f- why is my mom going through the window? Yeah. Shouldn't she be, like, a 20-year-old girl that I was trying to bang? <laughs> yeah, no, it it's was, my mom. No. Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, <laughs> but so when you sent me that, it made me laugh because you, you told me that you don't really have a ton of drinking stories, and you're kind of boring in your older age now, but... You said you in my to, in my twenty five years, yeah, in your, old in your lady. quarter life crisis. Oh, uh, Shout out Taylor Tomlinson, we love you. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, uh, but tell tell us about that. What happened? Where were you? What was going on? You were in Miami. I'm sorry, you did write that in there. Yeah. So, um, what were you doing in Miami? Because you're from Colorado. I'm from Colorado. I uh, I was born in Miami. My mom was a retired. My mom was a firefighter in Miami for twelve years, and. Um, they brought my brother and I out to Colorado to raise us, get away from the crime of Miami, um, or at least that's Are what they say. Are your parents still together? Yes, this, okay. still together, very much in love. Now we're they're, we're, they're all living in Florida. Um, and when I was 16, my mom... Um, so have you, you've moved to Colorado at this point? Yeah, I, I'm 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 living in Colorado. We I got there when I was like three. Okay, so that's I, right, yeah. I, I was, you know, raised there. Like everything, all my awkward stages were... In the Rocky Mountains, yeah. So my mom um, had a really great relationship with her cousins who lived in Miami. and All 78 of them. All 78 of them, yeah. That's not only racial, it's a Miami joke, too. Oh my God, that's stupid. And um, she, like, I was begging my mom, I was like, I want to go to Miami. Like, I've never, you know, I was upset that I wasn't raised in Miami because I was like, here I am, like a Latina. I don't speak Spanish. I'm like, why didn't you raise me in Miami so I could be like this sexy woman? You know what I mean? And so my mom's like, okay, fucking fine. And so she takes me to Miami at 16. We're there for three weeks. It's in the summertime. Whoa, so it's not like, yeah. No, it's like we're like You're just living a whole Will Smith song. Yeah, literally. Miami. (laughs) You're getting jiggy with it. Dude, hell yeah. And like my, uh, her cousins had kids that were of course they did god probably like five years older than me okay you're hilarious yeah because we're all latina okay and um except they're like six foot like brazilian blonde women that are like so gorgeous yeah and um, they're also all firefighters oh that's the that's that joke that you have yes all of my jokes because i'm so funny no it's the you said they're brazilian blonde yeah and that goes back to your the argentina anyway yes anyway we're we're a melting pot. This is this is probably not even a good story. Um, no, it better be. But- <laughs> it took us forty minutes to get here. Oh my god. Oh shit. So we don't even have any time on the podcast. Okay. We got anyway, plenty. we got plenty. Um, doesn't have to be a tight hour. So the the, I guess the long of the the short no, of the no, long, no, whatever. Um. So you go to Miami. Three we're weeks in Miami. In Miami three cousins. weeks. You know, I'm I'm learning. Like my mom is showing me. You know, the fire station she used to work at, like the the school that I went to when I was in like pre-K, like stuff that I have no idea about. Yeah. Like I'm meeting all these people my mom used to work with. What all part these of Miami people. is it? Um, her cousins live in Kendall. I'm from the Palmetto Bay area. Okay. Why are you smiling like no, that? I, th- I thought you were going to go three for three on the generic stuff. But... Oh, no. I don't know. I don't even know what the generic answer to that would be. Never mind. Keep um, going. <laughs> 
and we're sitting in my cousin's like kitchen one or my my mom's cousin whatever we're sitting in the kitchen one night and we're talking about uh my second cousin turning like 21 because at the time she was 25 which is how old I am now which is crazy but she was talking about how when she turned 21 her parents got this really yummy alcohol which is if anyone uses the word yummy to describe (laughs) alcohol they should be punched in the gut like there's no there's no way you should be doing that but so she brings out a handle that was in the freezer of coffee patron okay and like dark like dark as like black liquid yeah it's almost like tar yeah it's literally and um because it won't freeze but it'll get really oh it'll get sludgy yeah it'll get sludgy for sure and um she brought it out almost as like a oh like this is what it is and you know i'm 16 like i've taken maybe a total of 1.5 shots in my lifetime ever and we were already drinking uh, wine as like a fun, like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's um, dinner time. We'll drink wine. My mom was cool with letting me drink a glass of wine or whatever. Cool mom. Cool mom. And I, I don't swear know, to God, if you steal. No. I don't know how this happened, dude. But like there was a shot glass in front of me. There was Patron poured in it. I took coffee it like Patron. a champ. Coffee fucking Patron. And I take it like a champ. And then my mom starts taking shots. Uh-oh. And. In my head, I'm like, I think at this point I'm thinking like, oh, like I'm just going to take a shot. Like, haha, like, oh, I'm, I'm so good at this, mom. <laughs> Why am I so good? You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. probably from watching like Animal House or some dumb shit. And like then all of a sudden there's. I love how just quick pause. How you're 25 and you reference a movie that's like three times your age. It's not three times my Came age. When did it? Ca- no, it didn't. 84? No, maybe? it didn't. There's no way. Yeah, because John Belushi. Are you going to look it up? Yeah, John Belushi died in 82. Wait, maybe it was it. God damn it. Now I'm all over the map. Anyway, cool. so you. I um. So you do the shot. You take I it do, like a champ. I do the shot. I take it like a champ. My mom's all of a sudden taking a shot. My mom's cousin is taking shots and she has like a liver of steel. She's not going anywhere. Like she could take the whole bottle down and be sober as yeah. hell. And um, suddenly yeah, there's. Um, 78. What the fuck? Yeah. So I was I'm just definitely so close cultured. on that. Yeah, you're so cultured. I'm so and cultured. just want to make sure about the John Belushi thing. Died at the age of 33, 1982. Thank you. Good night. Oh my God. That's Student so crazy. Because I was born in 2005. That's crazy. So, um, I'm just stoked that I was right on both counts. You're always right, Brennan. This no. is your podcast. How could no, you ever be stop. wrong? Don't. don't How do could that. you ever be wrong, sir? I, I get enough of that. Don't do that. Oh, I hate myself. You're always right. Huh? You always got to be right. Hey, that's why we're in comedy, right? We love attention. Yeah. That's Sorry, true. we're not talking about comedy. So anyway, there's Patron suddenly spilled all over this counter, and I have no idea what, why it spilled, Wait, how it spilled. Yeah. We're taking shots, and all of a sudden, it's on the counter, and I'm like, where did this come from? And then I see my mom walk around to the other side. It's like an island, like a, yeah, yeah. an island in the kitchen, and my mom sticks her face to the island and starts sucking up uh, the Patron on the counter. My mom. It okay? seemed grosser in my mind because I thought you were going to say someone threw up the no, Patron. No, no, no. Like, okay. it was just, like, I think a shot glass fell spilled. over. Okay. And so then she's like, like, my cousin's laughing, and my poor cousin is or my second cousin is uh i think at the time like a nursing student or something she's 25 25 so she has to wake up at four in the morning the next day she's not doing these drunk shenanigans yeah and then the next thing i know i'm fully clothed in the shower and my mom is trying to shove me into the water while she is also outside of the shower fully clothed 
and is like, Morgan, you need to you need to clean yourself up before you go to sleep. And then the Jesus. next thing I know, and then the next thing so I know, you don't remember anything from like no. the spilling of the shot, your mom drinking. No, it up, I think I, then... I think I just kept. I I think I must have taken another shot, or you know, like mind you, I'm 16, so I have no I have no idea what tolerance is. I don't yeah. know that you have to eat before you. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, like that, I'm just you know, fucking winging it. Yeah, you haven't really drank ever before, ever. No. And I'm sure, you know, you're 16, so you're probably like 100 pounds. You haven't eaten, and then you just yeah, get shots. Yeah, I was fucked. And like, the, then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like in this tank top that I got from dance camp that I brought with me. And I'm like, I never fucking wear this tank top. Why is this on me? And I'm like laying in my bed and I roll over and my mom is like watching me. It's like she obviously came in my bedroom to make sure I was okay. Yeah. And then she fell asleep on top of my, the bed. And then I like, I go out and I just start like puking everywhere. Yeah. It's the first night I've ever prayed to the porcelain God. Black like, puke. Black oh tar yeah. Like, and, and I puked everywhere but the toilet, like every single place you, you could possibly like carpet, tile, shower curtain, like you know bottom of the fucking bathtub and then I actually am in the bathtub and my cousin is trying to bathe me this poor woman (laughs) and I and the nursing student yeah and like and all of a sudden I'm like I see crackers in my hand I don't eat any of them I throw them in the toilet I try to flush them down and then I'm like drinking water and it tastes like gasoline for some reason (laughs) and then I wake up the next day my hair is a rat's nest I'm like it's like 11 a.m. and I look over. My mom's gone out of my bed, and I'm like, "What the fuck happened? I have no idea." And I go into the kitchen, and my mom's like, "So, how you feeling, champ? Like nothing happened. Like yeah. no, like nothing phases her." And I, the whole rest of the day, that was my first like big hangover. Serious hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now saying the story out loud, it's not nearly as funny as I thought it. No, was No, that's be. pretty hilarious. I don't know. It's not as funny as smuggling cocaine from Colombia into the yeah, United but that's States. different. That's <laughs> I'm not I'm not a white male, so I don't have that privilege. <laughs> Shots fired, Scott Sandlin. Um, J.K. Love you, Scott. <laughs> uh, well, how much? I'm so many questions. Uh, actually, most of my questions pertain to after this happens. Mm. So you go back to Colorado. Is it just not mentioned again? Do you drink it all the rest of the trip in Miami? Um, Does this open up some sort of door to where you're like, oh, I like to party and drink? Oh, or I definitely, I went- definitely started doing more in high school and then okay. like the first year of college. But um, no, my my mom and dad have always been really like good with me. Like they. You know, if I do something stupid, they grounded me. They were like, you know, took away whatever appliance or a like technology. Yeah. Yeah, Like they always did that kind of stuff, but they kept me grounded. I felt like, um, but they also were like grounded or you. Oh, grounded. Like down to earth. There you go. I don't know how to speak English. You're a wordsmith. You got to use them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So my, my dad's like getting texts from my mom. Listen to the first half of the show where all we talk about is comedy. This is like the worst episode you're probably going to put out. (laughs) People are like, who Who doesn't put this out? Oh, exactly. Exactly. But no, my dad's just getting texts from my mom that day thinking, haha, our daughter finally, (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like almost drank herself to death. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't really drink the rest of the trip. I remember eating a jello cup and thinking, oh, there's too much alcohol in here because it tasted like coffee Patron. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's always I'm always curious about that. Having people on here talking about drugs and drinking and stuff is 
I've noticed, and just being you know sober now for so long and going to meetings, I'd tell you about them, but they're anonymous, so I won't. Um, mm, they, uh, mm-hmm. Right, right. No one knows. See what I did there? Uh-huh. Uh, wordsmith. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to fucking say that. Mark that. Editing that out. All right. Um, no, but <laughs> it's interesting to hear people's stories about, because I love stories, and it's interesting to hear people's stories about like what route they take. Because mm. life is just a choose your own adventure game, so it's very much like there's life some is people. Just a giant choose your own adventure book. Yeah. There are some people like who get fucked up for like I've heard people tell stories where they're like, yeah, you know, I've been an alcoholic since the first time I tried booze, and I was like, that's that's heavy, mm, and that's mm, yeah, that doesn't sound accurate, but maybe no, I just never... because. Well, because uh, like, obviously I'm only speaking from my experience cause I am an alcoholic. Obviously you're not. Um, and yeah. I don't want anyone to get that impression that I'm trying to like shock journalism. Convert like, me. You have a problem. <laughs> you have a problem. You've bitch. drank like once in a month. You have a problem. Yeah, exactly. No. But it's just weird to me because like that experience, what you went through could really, you could have been like, man, fuck this. Like I'm never touching booze again. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Or you could go the other way. Like, oh, that was kind of shitty, but I got over it after a couple of days. Why not try more stuff? Or maybe mm. I really liked how I felt. So I just thought that was interesting that you said that it definitely opened up some more doors for you when you got back. Well, I think that year, let's see, I was 16, so I must have been going into... Sophomore year, right? I graduated at 17, so I don't know, so... Oh, so I was going into my junior year, because okay. I, I, I have an early birthday, so okay, I was kind yeah, of yeah. like older, so um, I think I, I think that was kind of the first time for me that, which thank God it was my mom, but like it was the first time that I kind of realized like, oh, this is what getting drunk is like. Yeah. Like it's it, This is what it's like to kind of lose a little bit of control and maybe reach your limit and realize what your limit is. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't in high school. I was a little more like, I just wanted to be accepted. I just wanted people to like me. So I was more like, you know, on my dance team, like if the girls were, you know, hanging out with the football players, I was like, Oh, I hope they invite me, you know, and we would go and I would drink because that's what everyone was doing. And I felt like that's what you had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but it never turned into something that I like really enjoy. Like even to this day, like, you know, I'll go to a comedy show, I'll go support, I'll drink a beer and I'm good. Like yeah. I Which is bananas to me that people do that. Really yeah, 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 I guess that's yeah. I'm just not a huge well, drinker, I guess. Because I was the reverse. So in high school I had this because I was a nerd and a dork and bullied and I've covered all that on the show, but I never drank. Mm-hmm. And everyone in my family was big drinkers back then and I thought I thought it was so toxic mm-hmm. because, and it's just from my perspective at the time. I just thought like, oh, whenever anyone gets drunk, I always seem to get yelled at. So yeah, I was just kind of yeah, like, I don't. I'm done with this. Yeah, I was like, Stop I kind of. <laughs> I was kind of like, uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to point any fingers directly. I was just kind of like, I don't want to. Uh, like, I don't want to drink. Yeah. I don't want to do that. And yeah. so I just never drank. And then I remember. One time I drank with uh, my twin sister. I think we were seniors and I drank with her and I was like, like all that anxiety that I had, all that depression and mm. nervousness, it all went away. Yeah. And then you're like, and I was fuck. like, oh, this is like medicine. This is like magic. See, That's how I felt about weed. OK. Yeah. That's okay. how I felt about weed when I started smoking in like senior year of high school. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were saying and that's why I was curious, because I know you said that happened when you were 16 and that kind of. Mm-hmm. I was curious because then the very next year when you're 17, you were talking mm-hmm. about going to house parties and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. With uh, like college house parties. Yeah. <laughs> while you were 17. 
I don't know if someone wants to go back in time and call an authority figure or something, but but you know what's crazy though, like you're going to house parties at I, seventeen, college okay, but house parties. Yeah, that's pretty though. crazy. But, but here's the thing though: is I went to, I went to a school like high school that was literally right next to a college campus. Um, so okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was kind was of normal. Boulder? Yeah, it was. It was the University of Colorado Boulder. I ended up going to that college. Go yeah. Buffaloes. Go Buffs. Get stuff. Go Buffs. And like that was the thing is when you were especially as a girl, which I know is really creepy. And I, and I'm very lucky that I had some guys that were, that looked out for me, um, that I had met through work when I was a waitress, they were like, Oh, why don't you come over to my house? You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't a creepy vibe because they knew, um, that I was just like, a random girl that was just trying to work, like, you know, get money over the summer. And then, yeah, um, fuck bitches get money. Yeah. Fuck bitches get, of course. And I like, I had just kind of stumbled upon these friends that were like, Oh, like you're only 17. Like, okay, well what? And there were girls there that were like, Oh, we're, we're going to watch after you. Like, yeah. we're not going to let you do anything crazy. Okay. So this was, so it's just a combination of working in the service industry, living right near yeah, the campus. Yeah. Cause you know and, how that is. Oh, like, I'm very, yeah. Aware. Like, yeah. and, and it's so, it's yeah. so weird. Cause it's like, it, that's how I met the love of my life. The yeah, there you industry. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fucking around in the kitchen. The cooks are telling her she's pretty and you're like, no, like that's not how it's supposed to go. It's so weird. It's so weird. But I I loved it because I wasn't like I never felt like I was being I wasn't like a, a prey. Like I, there was no predator energy. Yeah. And I think it was because I was hanging out with the kids at the house parties that were not fraternity brothers yeah. not sorority girls not like they were the outcasts if anything where they were yeah. and so it was a fun environment where it was like they're just drinking trying to listen to music play mario kart an, I- like, an island of misfit toys right and that's where i fit in and that was what i wanted to that's do why come? that's why we fucking do comedy bro yeah make people laugh because we don't have any laughter inside that's great yeah we're broken toys we just want people to play with us um <laughs> depressing no not at all where's my but zoloft <laughs> <laughs> so what um what was like the so you're they're not frat parties they're obviously not like you know you're not partying with the football players and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. um and i can only speak to that from my experience yeah you know, i was never in a frat um but i don't know if you know this about me i, I played college football oh really so, you yeah. know it's so weird i've never heard you bring it up yeah so that was pretty, <laughs> fucking hate you um <laughs> But so what do you like, what do you, like you said, you guys are just drinking, hanging out, listening to music, just yeah, chilling. I so mean, you never, they weren't like ragers or like the no, ABC parties, anything no. but clothes. I mean, like, like, I think, I think like the thing that caught me off guard, which I'm glad that I kind of reeled it in a little bit was, um, you know, that was kind of where I learned about like, uh, social smoking i guess in a way like cigarettes okay. like and and i oh, would yeah, you know yeah, i'd yeah. go outside and because I, I wanted to be a part of the group like like oh i'm gonna smoke a cigarette like i'm kind of drunk like i'm gonna learn how to do this whatever yeah. and then um i remember one time <laughs> there there was a party and they, it's almost like they did it every saturday night like it was a ritual and i was working so much that so i was working doubles because i just want to save money yeah you know to I think that at that point I might have had a car. I'm asking. Um, I worked. This is, I worked at a retirement home. Okay. And I was a waitress in the. They don't. They didn't call it a cafeteria because it wasn't. 
like it was like a full service restaurant like the the people um whether they were in assisted living or independent living would come in sit down they had a menu they ordered different entrees they ordered whatever they wanted i waited on them they got a bill it was like a whole it was like a whole thing but that's where they ate okay um so by all means, it was like I was a waitress, but I just saw the same customers every day yeah, pretty yeah. much. And I knew what their orders were. And my Nana lived there because my Nana had dementia. Aww. And so I got to kind of like see her at the end of her life. That's and so fucking sweet. Yeah. You I know, it, it was. I know it is really sad. And I was like sneaking champagne in the back while I was serving my Nana. Like yeah, a well, psychopath. I mean, I mean, but she was she was a nice lady. I love Nana Morgan. She's my favorite. She's, she's a nice favorite. lady. She's a nice lady. Uh, she's from Joyzy. But like. That that camaraderie. I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, you asked we were me talking about yeah, yeah, and those and the people there were like they just wanted to have a good time. Yeah. Um. And so I remember one time they were like, "Oh, we don't have you know a keg for tonight. We don't have anything going on." And I had sixty dollars in my bank account, and I said, "I'll get the keg." Yeah. Seventeen, and because I just wanted to, you know, I Hang wanted out. to have fun. Yeah. yeah I, and so I gave them my debit card they took my debt and i only had 60 dollars in my account so it's not like they were gonna overcharge whatever and they were took you aware it- of how much a keg costs i don't think so because i thought 60 was enough yeah, that's i don't know what i'm, I'm like- pretty sure they were getting the shittiest beer natty ice yeah gross shit and like they came back and then they, they told me they're like if you want to like get people to pitch in just go around and say hey i bought the keg give me some money or, you know, much more eloquently than that. And no one gave me money. No one gave a fuck. No one, like everyone was like, Oh, well that's stupid for you for giving your debit card away. And then one guy gave me a visa gift card that said $75 on it. And it had 26 cents on it. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, this is so stupid. What the fuck am I doing? These are your friends that were going to look out for you. Right. And, and mind you, my father also worked in the city, he worked for the city of Boulder. Okay. So his job was to kind of go out in the field, go in the streets, make sure that uh, safety and compliance was in order. The snow plows were going out on time, all these things. And my dad knew what my car looked like. And I like to lie a lot. <laughs> so I would tell my parents, I'm going to my friend Maggie's house, whatever. And I'd go to a, a party and my dad saw my car. I had a blue Honda element. So like no one has that car. Yeah, you know very... what I mean? He sees it parked up on the college hill next to CU at like seven o'clock in the morning on a weekday. Yeah. And he leaves his business card on my windshield. <laughs> That's gangster. And he says, since when did Maggie move to the hill? And then he marked the time and date that he put and he signed it. He signed his name. And so I come out of this, you know, I, I slept over at this at this person's house. They always let me like sleep in my own room like because I was I was 17. You know, they weren't going to like fuck with me. And so I get up the next day. It's like noon. I go outside. I see it. And I'm like, like I am so fucked. So I change into pajamas as if that's going to like <laughs> break yeah, he the saw scent. Your car. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I drive to my dad's work and I call him and I'm like, I'm outside of your work, dad. Like, I just want to talk to you. And so my dad comes outside and he's like, Morgan, I'm not fucking stupid. Like I saw your car outside of, you know, one of the dumpiest college houses that clearly, you know, red solo cups on the lawn, yeah, yeah, like yeah. couches outside in the grass, like, and so I think after that, I kind of like started to calm down a little bit because I was like, yeah, if I had a kid and they were running around and they were a girl yeah. doing like that, well, especially because like 
the people you're hanging out with, you you trust, but oh, absolutely. I'm sure, your dad's thinking the other way, like right. You know what what's going to happen if some guy's just like, no, you're mine now. Yeah, and to this day, I like thank my lucky stars for the fact that it was like a loving environment and not, you know, like the creepiest thing that ever happened was maybe a guy tried to like hit on me and one of the guys that knew me was like nah dude not not yeah. not her you know what i mean yeah yeah because i've i mean working in the service industry as long as i have and you just see it everywhere is it's very much like there are some people out there who give a shit and there's some people who don't right and i couldn't imagine like like you seem like you the way you're telling the stories you seem very comfortable with the crew that you were with oh absolutely because you know having you know sisters like two sisters like i i've gotten in plenty of fights out with yeah. my twin sister when people are coming up like and she's very much that mindset like what's the big deal we're just talking and i'm like no men are garbage oh, pieces yeah. of shit they like are. you're not every single one of them you're not talking <laughs> yeah. like, you're not talking to this guy yeah and and so it, it, it's really cool that you had that comfortability with them where they were just kind of like no like you're you're cool but as your father i'm sure he was like the fuck you are yeah i know i know it's i you're banging some 22 year old grad student yeah i can't believe my dad hasn't had a had a heart attack like all the shit that i've put him through are you an only child no i have an older brother oh really yeah he's in the military oh is he yeah where's he at is he in florida too now he no he's in hawaii oh Um, shit and he yeah yeah um but he was he's in the navy marines yeah, so same. I know it's uh, the more intense version of the Navy. I don't really know. <laughs> but like he was a much better is not the, like he was a much more put together kid in yeah. terms of like he didn't get in trouble. Like he was the kind of person that, you know, maybe well, his grades weren't great. But like I was two the misfit. stories. Let's not let's not like you're out there getting arrested and stuff. Like No, not, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it's very similar to my twin sisters. Uh, growing up, my twin sister and I, I was, you know, I didn't get awesome grades, but I was an IB and like I, yeah. like I said, I didn't drink or get in any kind of trouble until much later in life. And she was a popular kid who had, you know, parties and stuff and was always, you know, going out and sometimes got, I've told talked about this on the podcast, but when we were younger, you know, I was always the one thinking like, Oh, like I'm the well, you know, I might not get yeah, awesome I'm grades, but I'm the well-adjusted one. Yeah. one. And then, and then it was funny, you know, growing up, like then, you know, you fast forward five or 10 years and all of a sudden it's like totally like she got into a little bit of trouble when we were mm-hmm. younger and now I'm getting like arrested and put away like, yeah. kind of trouble. Yeah. And it's like, this did not go the way no, I saw this going. No. I thought she was the one who was going to keep getting oh in trouble. Gosh. And she actually became a very well-adjusted, functioning, fully functioning member of society. Yeah. You know, she's a great mom with two kids and she's married Aww. and they own a house. And I was the one running around getting in trouble. And I was like, this did not work out the way I thought it was <laughs> You're going like, I to. I talk about suicide at comedy shows. Yeah, this I is do. where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. But um, it's just, it's that. So your relationship with your brother reminds me very much of mm. my relationship with my sister yeah. where it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, they, you know, I was the one getting in quote unquote trouble. Yeah. But again, this, like you said, this isn't sneaking cocaine in and out of Bogota. Yeah. Yeah. I know you chose the wrong person to be on your podcast. I'm not no. like, here's all, like all these fucking stripper well, stories. That's, like that's the thing. We got to stop just referencing that one episode. Sorry, I've had Scott. a lot of people on. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. He doesn't care. Daisy was on talking about the things that happened to her at Kansas, which makes God, that makes oh, man. you. You partying at Boulder seemed like a fun time versus the shit that well, happened to her. Like, I'll be honest, like I I made a lot of questionable decisions. Like I did like my freshman year, like I did my array of 
drugs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I tried things, but did I you never. Go, you did. You went to. You ended up going to Boulder, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. I went there for three and a half years, okay. and I lived in the dorms for first year, and then lived with my parents because I like that's way too expensive to yeah. just live on my own. And I experimented with shit. Like I, you know, I did what you do, and then I think I kind of just. I got really into dance and I thought dance was going to be Were my thing. Were you dancing thing. in college? Yeah. I didn't dance for CU. I danced on a hip hop crew in Denver. <laughs> and so I was, why the fuck do you laugh? <laughs> it's just. You know what? Every every time that I say hip hop crew, people think <laughs> <laughs> people think that it's like oh. the gayest thing ever, but it's really not. Were you guys stomping the yard? No. Shout out Co One Motive. No one's ever gonna. They're never gonna hear this. But they're they're like. I would I would consider it a semi professional dance. Wait, why crew. are they never gonna hear this? You better fucking share this with yeah. Cohen I'll share motive. with them. I'll send it. Yeah, they, yeah. But Took like an hour and six minutes, but we got the clip. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, we got it. But you sang not at CU, but I was part of a hip hop dance crew. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was it was legit. Like we went to Dallas. You we serve went people. To, I know how it goes. Oh my god! I'm gonna punch you in the face after this. <laughs> oh god! But it was it was really cool. Like we got money as a as a group to go to shows and perform and compete and serve and like, people yeah. and we were in a, we did a music video like it was a yeah. real it was a real thing i hate you so much i'm gonna stop talking That's no bullshit. keep going this is interesting <laughs> i don't know like I, I got really serious about i minored in dance too so i was also like i was i was well, teaching so not that dance. serious okay fuck you i was teaching dance i was teaching like 10 hours a week. Yeah. And then I was minoring in dance and then, you know, obviously majoring in a normal in communication, a useless degree. And then I got my crew going and then <laughs> it wasn't my crew, but I got on the crew and then yeah. it was like my life completely switched over. And then I got super serious about like internships and I got to get a job right out of college. And then I graduated early. Cause I was like, Oh, obviously I can do that. I should do that. Yeah. And it, it was like my, my partying, whatever kind of just turned into me being a pothead at night and smoking and watching friends until I fell asleep. Like that was the, you know what I mean? Oh, like, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Okay. So I'm very uninteresting. I apologize. No, this, that's... this episode did not go the way I thought it was going to go. How'd you think it was going to go? I have go? no idea. I didn't think we were going to talk about comedy at all. At all? I don't know. I, have I'm... you listened to this podcast? Yes, I have. Yes. But I'm so new that it's like, I, like I'm almost thinking back. I'm like, you what sent the fuck me two did I stories. I couldn't, I couldn't fill an hour with two stories. I'm sorry guys. For you no, the hip hop dance home. crew thing. This is a whole other lane now that we have to explore. Oh, okay. So what happened? No, no, no. We're going down this road. <laughs> what happened with the dance? Why did I stop? Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I understand you said you graduated early and you wanted to get a real job out of college. So were you when, while you were doing hip hop? This is interesting to me because it, it actually goes full circle back to the comedy. When you're doing dance and you're this invested in it and it means this much to you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're thinking, oh, I need to graduate early. I need to go get a real job. I need mm -hmm. to do internships mm -hmm. and stuff. Which one was going to give was dance yeah. in your head, in your heart of hearts and back of your mind. Dance was just a hobby then because you didn't pursue that after college or like what, what happened? Well, so, um, if you keep laughing every time I say hip hop crew, I'm going to have a hard time, okay, but no, I'm sorry. I won't, I, I don't won't, know what else just, to call it. It's a I team. Know, it's a it's, dance team. Know, um, but so just I, looking at you and then you go with your glasses <laughs> on. And everything hip hop team. Yeah, I know. Um, no, you said hip hop crew. Hip hop and you crew. Said it like, yeah, you I'm put like the, the whitest, I'm like the whitest. You said it with girl. your chest. Um, 
I do have a big chest, so that works out. But um, no, I was living in Boulder and and I was dancing in Denver, which some like people don't know is an hour away. Oh, okay. So I yeah, I had, just figured all those cities were next to each other. Yeah, so uh, we had rehearsals that were three hours long, three times a week. An hour so, away. Yes, okay. and so I would be doing like Denver's bigger than Boulder. Correct? Oh, Denver's the capital of Colorado. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's amazing. It's a it's a beautiful city. Um, I mean, being the capital doesn't. Yeah, Tallahassee's the capital, and nobody fucking. Yeah, knows. but Denver's dope. I yeah. mean, Denver like it's dope. Um, but I don't know. I just I was in in the busiest of busy times. I was waking up in the morning, going to school for four hours, then doing my dance studies in the afternoon, then teaching dance for yeah. three hours, then going to rehearsal, like driving all the way from the dance studio to another dance studio to rehearse for three hours, getting home at like one, two, sometimes 3 a.m. in the morning and it's snowing, you know, it oh, snows yeah. half the year. And so I'm like, I'm like burning a wick at both ends. Candle, but yeah. Yes. A candle. Burning the a candle wick, at both ends. Burning a wick at both ends. No, it's burning the candle at both ends. It's burning a wick. What? What? Bur- a candle doesn't burn. A wick burns. The candle the melts. The phrase is burning the candle. Burning at both a wick ends. at both ends. I've never. Keep talking. <laughs> ask Ask uh, Matt and Lindsay, your listeners, to settle that one. But my two listeners. Uh, your two listeners. <laughs> no, so you're you're burning the candle at both ends. Okay, I'm burning the wick at both ends, <laughs> and um, I realized. There was like a very surreal moment I had where um, I was also part of a like an uh, academic chapter on campus for uh, public relations students because I wanted to go into PR. And I realized that you have to get an internship in order to graduate. That was like one of the requirements of the, yeah, that was the, the same program. Thing if you wanted to go to law school. Yeah. Right. That and too. that's a, I think that's a great requirement because it's, you know, on the it's kind of like real field on the job experience. But um. I realized that there was no way that I could complete an internship and be a full-time student and, you know, be a dance instructor and yeah. dance on a team. Something's got to get. Right. And I was like, well, obviously I have to get my degree. Like, that's why I'm here. You know what I mean? Why would I do three years of school and then just not do the internship? So I was also in a point in my dancing where I felt like uh, the environment was not lending itself to my emotional growth. And I, you know, I was dating a guy on the team and I loved him, still love him to this day. Like one of my good friends, um, we actually texted the other day about comedy and it was one of those things where I was like, this part of my life doesn't he know about comedy. He doesn't know anything about comedy, but he was, he's excited for me because he's Aww. a nice person. Yes. He's and, awesome. You, know, you dance together, you die together. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. We have fucking, oh God. But like it was just to the point where I was like, you know what? Bad boys dance, for life. Da- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Savannah, help! Where are your dogs? I want to hang. I'm out sorry. With them. Okay, so it was just to the point where I was like, this is. I love dance, and it'll always be my first love, but. You know, I was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And the crew, it was the same thing where in comedy where it's like, there's people who dance and then there are dancers. Yeah. 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 And, and to me, and to me, I felt like I was never going to be a dancer, even though I was relatively good because I had been doing it all my life and I had a lot of formal training in hip hop. So I was a hip hop dancer. I wasn't a ballerina who was trying to do hip hop. I wasn't, you know what I mean? So I kind of felt like, you know what? This is not my career path. I don't want to move to LA. I don't want to audition for the go-to talent agency. I don't want to do any of that because I'm not like in my head. I was like, you know what? I'm a curvy girl. That's going to be tough. 
Yeah. I'm also I like money. <laughs> like I'm not gonna like being a gymnast, right? When yeah, you gotta be small, petite, like yeah. Little. And and I mean now that we live in the world of like you know Lizzo and you know Beyonce is is really like like I feel like there's more opportunity now, of course, for full figured dancers, which thank God because they deserve a limelight too. But it was one of those things at the time. You know, I'm 21. I'm like, I'm not gonna. Like I, I even hated teaching dance at one point. Yeah. So I'm like, these kids don't want to be here. Their mom just signed them up because they didn't want to play soccer. Yeah, that's a, I got certified in personal training and I, I couldn't do it because I was like, oh, you guys like I'm a fucking psycho. Like I'm an addict. Like if you're going to come <laughs> yeah. to work, we're going to work. And right. Like- yeah. And so I, I felt like, you know what? I don't I also didn't want to make other people feel like they put their heart into it and I wasn't putting my heart into yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I ended up, you know, leaving my crew getting an internship, shut the fuck up and doing really well. And, and I graduated early cause I, I, I don't know why I had so, so you many left credits, the crew before you went to the internship. That's I did at the same time. Like okay. I, we are, my final thing was we performed in New York and we did a competition. It went, I mean, we got like sixth place, which was like at the time we didn't, we weren't happy with that, yeah. but it was, it was a great experience out of, <laughs> out of, 28 uh, okay 20. i thought you were gonna say something like six thousand people you got six oh no and you weren't oh my happy god with no that. no no like, it was a you. relatively no it was a relative it was called prelude it was a really cool thing but you know i got to see new york i got to do the thing go to times square like i got to do the thing right yeah. and then i knew on that trip i was like was this the is not trip. the environment for me you yeah. know what i mean like I, I like i'm in college like a lot of the people on the crew weren't in college and yeah, that, that was, was their life. Right. The, and that was crew, really yeah. tough for me because I was like, fuck, like I, you know, like I want to figure out what I'm going to do. And so I knew that I was going to have to get an internship the next semester. I, you know, I, I met with people. I was like, hey, guys, like I'm going to take a break. And then eventually the break turned into me being like, I don't want to go back. Yeah. Like, I don't want to I don't want to do this. Like again. Every relationship when you say I'm, we're going to take a break. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And um. And it ended up working for the best because then I graduated and I moved to Colorado Springs, which was two hours south. And I got a job and then I hated it. And then I moved to Florida. So okay. like it all because your your parents are here now, correct? Mm-hmm. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned that earlier. When did they move? If you, I mean, you don't have to get too personal, but did they move to Florida when you were done with college, when you moved to Colorado yeah, Springs? My, uh, when... my mom. I graduated in 2017. God, I'm so old. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, I'm just a I small in 2012. baby. Oh, that's not bad. I graduated high school in 2014. <laughs> oh, so, shit. Oh, yeah, six. I know. Yeah, okay. So my parents moved down um, right around the time that I was graduating. And it was kind of like. It was kind of like a piecemeal thing. It was like they got the house. My mom went down and then came back and, and then my dad stayed in Boulder to like get the house ready to sell and yeah. and all this. And so that kind of and then eventually they both ended up down here like in the house that they got. And but that's intense. That's I mean, it might not seem like it, but that's four or five life changing things all happening within six oh, months. Yeah. Of each other. I mean, I struggled a lot for sure. Yeah, I was like, gonna say, I, between leaving dance, then graduating school or the internship, then graduating, then moving to Colorado Springs, your parents moving. You now really have lived in my own apartment by myself for the very first time ever. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And you now have like no affiliate, like in all this happened within six months of each other. That's yeah. That's yeah, it was nuts. a lot. I that's know. why when you said like, that's why earlier when I was saying I'm so interested in stories because I know where you are now. Like I, yeah. I know where you work. I know what you do. I know you do comedy. Mm-hmm. And then you were saying I was on a hip hop dance crew and I loved dance and dance was my life. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Oh, absolutely. This isn't yeah, adding up because you're saying weird. in Colorado, 
you know, 3,000 miles away, dance was your life, and now you're living in Florida. <laughs> Comedy's my life. Doing, yeah. well, doing comedy, and then you have a regular job. So I was mm-hmm. like, there's something happened here. Yeah. In between. You know, I've always been the type of person that I put a lot of pressure on myself to, like, find who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, who am I going to be? And I think that I'm always jumping to the next thing. Like, I'm always, you know what I mean? Like, I thought, I explored Wiccan culture for a little bit. Like I joined an outer court for a little bit and I thought I was going to be a witch for two months. (laughs) 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 And this, we should have started with this. I know. And and like I did, I did the whole thing. Like I bought the robe, like I got the, I got all the ceremonial shit. Like I thought that was going to be, and then I thought I was going to be a videographer and I started looking at, where the fuck did that come from? How did you get into the witch thing? Um, Boyfriend? No, 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 no. Girlfriend? I haven't had a, no, no, no. I haven't, I haven't dated anyone in a long time. But it's like since that just I moved seems to Florida, like something like. Um. Hey, I've got these friends. You know, well, we do I've these always, seances. You I've, should check it oh out. Oh my god, I wish. No, I've always been into like, uh, like horoscopes and stuff. Yeah. And I read this book called "You Are Magical," and uh. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. Yes, and I, I just, I don't know. It was just all this stuff about enlightenment, and and I'm. I'm not religious and my parents aren't really religious. I would consider myself more, no, more spiritual. Um, My dad's the one that's from Argentina, but he's not really like, he grew up Catholic and he's like, I don't want to force that on my kids kind of thing. Um, So I like read about it and then I think I got like a Wiccan book and then I went to like a metaphysical store and I'm very like good energy in, good energy out type person. Like karma exists. Like I, I don't really, I don't really know what I believe, but I went on to um, this website called witchvox.com, which will show you all of the Wiccan groups in your area. Huge shout out, witchvox.com. Yeah, witchvox.com. And I'm pretty sure it got taken down for something. I can't remember. But um, it's a very, very secretive, like, th- like some people that I met, I still don't know their real names. Yeah, they don't want to You know what I mean? Because they want to protect themselves. Yeah, and you, you go and you learn all about the different... And I was... I was into a in a place where they had me read specific books and they gave me different texts that I had to learn and I had to oh, I had to so you were like in learn it, in incantations it. and it was yeah and and it was that oh, was only cool. in doing it for two months and I kind of got freaked out okay not because there's nothing weird about it there's no blood there's no you know no no, no, no. Like I think I, I find I mean shit I I fucking follow Star Wars like it's a religion I find all that shit interesting <laughs> yeah all that it was stuff just too like so... there was a point where it's like you have to it's kind of like getting baptized. Like you have to kind of commit yourself to the religion. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to like come up with a name and you have to like do, and I'm probably going to get some note on my doorstep for even saying this, but like you, you have to kind of really get into the, how the specific things you told me you didn't want to talk about and understandably so. And now you're talking about people who could curse you just openly. Oh no! And the other stuff you didn't want to talk about—it seems so mundane. I know next to it this. is so mundane, but I, I don't know. It was just a weird part, and I got freaked out, and I was like, "Nah, this ain't it." You know what I mean? Yeah. I still wear a lot of black, and I talk about me being a Scorpio, but that's the so you're you're a you're a, a burn bright but burn shortly kind of person. Yeah, which is really unfortunate because I am terrified that that will happen with comedy. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I just I'm not trying to be a douche, but you know, the dance thing and then the Wiccan thing. And mm-hmm. then that's my first thought was, Oh, so comedy's got like a few months left. And then you're going to be like, nah, this isn't it. But you know, what's like crazy is that I've never felt 
Like when I got frustrated with dance, I, I kept going because I knew I wanted to do it yeah. until I got to a point where it was clear that it was hindering my life rather than benefiting you. Benefiting. Yeah, my absolutely. Life. And I've always felt with comedy that we're really full circle in this bitch. But like I felt That's, I always hey, feel like when I'm, I, I'm landing the plane, I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when when I bomb or when I have a bad writing day. I feel like I can't, I can't think of a punchline. I can't do anything. I'm still obsessed with comedy. And I never felt like that with dance. Like when I wanted to be done with dance, I was done with yeah. it, you know, and I would take, I would still have to go to school and go teach and stuff, but I was so sick of it. And with comedy, it's like, even when I have a bad night, I'm still like, I can't wait to go to the next mic. Yeah. Well, and also you have done dance your whole life. Mm-hmm. So even if it, even if this was to turn into a dance situation, that's ten years from now, fifteen years from now, mm-hmm. and by then, you know, God knows what could happen. I mean, you'll probably bomb a lot more now that you've upset the Wiccan community, and they're going to curse you. But I just they don't f- believe in podcasts. It's okay. Okay, they don't. Are you being serious? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, because for oh for the God. community out there, just remember, I didn't say anything bad. I have nothing but love for oh, you. Oh no, there's nothing. No, no, there, uh, there's nothing but love. I mean, people people from all walks of life, I think, are are beautiful people, and it's just funny because it's one of those things where it's like you fig- try to figure out who you are, and that's what everyone's trying to do. Yeah, you know. Well, that's it's funny you say that because that I I mean everybody goes through it, and mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I didn't I was in. I was in it and I still didn't realize I thought my whole life I was going to play football Mm -hmm. because that's all, you know, growing up, that's all, you know, I was a chubby kid and I fucking got bullied and I used to play video games and I was anxious and I'd sit in my room all the time by myself because I didn't like to be around people. Mm -hmm. But my dad loved football and always talked about football. So when I was got to the age where I could play football, I was just like, you know, when I first started playing it, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it because I was a fucking nerdy kid who got bullied a lot. Now I'm on the field getting the shit kicked out of me. Right. Like I didn't like it. Yeah. But then I started getting stronger and bigger. Then I started hurting people. And then I was like, oh, I really like this now. Brennan, the tank is coming but, to get you. But I just thought this was my life. Yeah. And totally. it wasn't. Totally. Then, you know, I got hurt in college and then I couldn't play anymore. And then I started drinking like crazy. And I was like, oh, this is my life. Like, this is what it's going to be. And then I thought, oh, I'll go to, you know, I'll finish up school and I'll go to law school and I'll be a lawyer. But like, even when I was in all those things, I was like, this isn't the like, I don't know. And I was doing comedy, you know, around that time all the way up until now. And it wasn't until three years ago yeah. when I had that when I got rushed to the ER. And I've told that story on this podcast where I was just like and I came out of it and I got sober and I was talking to my sponsor and I was like, I'm going to like. I'm going to kill like I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm going to you know, I'm going to meetings. I'm going to work two jobs. I'm going to the gym six days a week for nothing because like you're talking about like I'm just floating now. Right. Like yeah. I had no purpose. And then that's when he had pointed out, you know, get back into comedy. That's the one thing you love more than anything. Get back into comedy. Mm-hmm. And I did. And then that's when it clicked. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is this is it. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that there's. A, a feeling that comedy gives me that I have never felt in my entire life. And like, you're right about the burn. I don't know how you said it. Burn bright, burn something, something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Burn. There's uh, a lot of burning wick burn, candle metaphors in this. Burn pocket. bright. Uh, I keep burn short, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like quickly, like, cause people have said that to me. They're like, Oh, well you've done so many things that you've quit before. Burn bright and fast. Thank burn you. bright and fast. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, but 
who hasn't like haven't you ever joined a club that you did for like a little bit and then you were like nah this ain't it you know what I mean like yeah. how many times have you had it like so many people have jobs that they've done for two or three years and then they're like no I don't want to do this anymore yeah. like so that's not like an un that's like a not a bad trait that's just something that like like my mom went from being a swim coach to a dental assistant to a fashion dresser to a personal shopper and then was a firefighter for over a decade yeah you know what i mean like that it's so weird but like your life has a way that it's gonna go and you just have to trust that it's gonna be okay well that's the thing too is i i have people in my life where they they did the safe thing and yeah. that's just what they did and you know hats off to you you got a family you got to raise and everything like that but it's like like I couldn't because I know how I felt when I was in the situation where I was doing the right thing, quote unquote, mm -hmm. we'll call it the right thing. I was working. I was staying sober. I was going to the gym, taking care of myself. I didn't really have anyone in my life. This was, you know, before I had met Savannah and this was after mm -hmm. my um, ex fiance Alyssa had left. So I was just doing the next right thing. That's all mm -hmm. I could focus on was just do the next right thing. And I, I wanted to fucking die. Yeah. Because I was like, this, this can't this be is it. it? Yeah. This can't be it. Yeah. And it's um, uh, Savannah just read Valley of the Dolls, which is a really good book mm. from the 60s. And uh, she pointed something out to me and it, it said, um, you know, I think it says something like 90. I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's like 95 percent of people play it safe mm. um, or no, 99 percent of people play it safe. Um, and that's what the responsible thing is, is to play it safe. Right. But it's the one percent that gives the world its joy. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's. Like, it's so smart to do the next right thing and to play it safe. But yeah. it's just like you're talking about. Like, I, I never found any comfort in that. I never found any peace in that. The only time I feel good is like what we're talking. Not the only time, but one of the only times I feel like myself is when I'm sitting in the back of a room talking shit with comics about to go on stage. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't matter how the set goes. Like, right. if it goes well, that's awesome. But it doesn't because like I say on stage all the time, I don't need everybody. I just need a few of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just need 30%. Yeah. Yeah. 30%. That's 30 all I'll take. 30% is good. That's a good. Oh, this was fun. Thank you so much for coming on, Morgan. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're about to go do a show now. Um, I forgot to do this up front, but plug everything because um, we got right into it. When oh, we that's a good recording. question. I know. Sorry. We were talking so much shit before I even got on here. <laughs> I know. Um, and then we kept talking shit, and I was like, I'm going to uh, hit record that's now. That's why we're friends. I, um, my username is, or my handle. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not Fucking I'm not from dork. this generation. Um it's Mama of Jokes. M A M A, not the weird way you southerners spell it. M O M M A, Mama. It's Mama of Jokes on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the fun stuff. And then I do have some dates coming up. Um on January 2nd I'll be at Lifted Spirits in Palatka. That's a fun that'll show. Be a I've fun, done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun one. Um, and then I'm also doing Keg of Laughs in Gainesville on the eighth, and I believe the twenty second. And I will be doing um, uh, Jackie Knight's Comedy Club open mic competition on the fifteenth, which is really exciting because I've never done a comedy club before, so I'm really excited. And then um, just kind of going around town, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Check her out, Morgan Gallo, Mama of Jokes on all social media. Again, thank you so much for listening, everyone. BrennanTComedy.com for all my upcoming dates. I got shows in Georgia, uh, Jacksonville, South Florida, Daytona. I'll, just check out the website. I got all the dates on there. Doing a drag show in January. That'll be fun. That's going to be in Jacksonville. Check that out. Comedians and drag doing comedy. 
Um, it's a great <laughs> no show. I've done no it before. Rocket. I love that show. Um, anyway, Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Like I said, check out the website, BrennanTComedy.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we have a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, too. This will come out like two days before Christmas. So, Lachayim. Merry Christmas, um, happy Kwanzaa, Festivus for the rest of us. Yes. Talk to you all next week.